This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 95. And welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. Well, hello, hello, hello. And I have a co-host. <laughs> My name is Brett Hurst. And we are marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Right. Well, we have a resource of the day. It is the book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by Dr. John Gottman. And Brett, this is our seventh and final episode in a series that we have been doing based on the research of John Gottman, who you and I it. are big fans of. We made it. And let's see if you can, by memory, name the previous six topics. By memory? Yes. Well, by memory, <laughs> the first one, the first principle is enhancing your love maps. See, now I so even, good. I knew that by memory. <laughs> uh, second one is to nurture fondness and admiration for mm-hmm. one another. Uh, number three is to turn toward each other. Number four is to let your partner influence you. Mm-hmm. See, I let you do that all the time. Very good. Then number five You're a wise is, man. <laughs> number five is to solve your solvable problems. Number six is overcoming gridlock. Good. A plus. You got an A plus on your report card. Do I get a gold star? Yes. And a little sweet kiss. Um, so wow. today's episode is called Create Shared Meaning. I like that. And if you are geeky like us and have actually pulled up the Gottman Sound Relationship House online, which is a, just a cool little uh, image that kind of puts this in a visual uh, perspective, you'll see that this principle is at the very top. Um, and that is because a healthy relationship involves building a life together that's full of meaning and purpose. It's about being part of a bigger picture. So he Gottman talks a lot about uh, building the culture of your marriage, your relationship, the stories that you tell. Um, and, you know, Brett, you and I both believe that there's kind of an innate, maybe even a spiritual need that we each of us have to belong, oh, to absolutely. belong to someone, to belong to something. Definitely. We were created to belong. For connection, absolutely. And so this is what Gottman calls in his research, creating shared meaning. So every couple has two stories. There's the first one, which is the literal day-to-day happenings that have occurred from the day you met each other to the present. You know, if you were to lay out every day that you've spent together, all of the events that you've shared, it would be like one long literal story. Mm-hmm. But then the second story is the story we tell ourselves about our story. This is more um, of a perceived story? Well, not a more, perce- of a more of a cultivated global story. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm getting at. So I want to read you a, just a, a paragraph from uh, Dr. Gottman's book um, that we mentioned at the top, um, because I think this is a, a good kind of example of what he's talking about. It says, Paula and Doug viewed themselves as the runts of their respective families. Both were considered the least intelligent, least attractive, or le- least likely to succeed out of all of their siblings. Oh. But as it turned out, all of their brothers and sisters ended up unmarried or divorced, while Paula and Doug formed a happy, stable marriage, held steady jobs, and raised great kids in a loving home. 
part of their marriage's culture, the story they tell themselves about themselves, is what a great team they make, how feisty they are, and how they thumb their noses at all the naysayers and succeeded against the odds. Gosh, I love that story. I love that story too. And it kind of reminds me of you and me. Because <laughs> we're, we're the runts? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we're <laughs> the runs, but, but I just know that when you and I first started out, we had a premarital counselor who was like, yeah, y'all shouldn't get married. Wow. What, are, what did he know? <laughs> and that's exactly what you said as I was sobbing, you know, telling you, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And you were like, eh, what does he know? We're getting married. Um, so this idea of the story that we tell ourselves about our story, mm-hmm. I think is really interesting. And so um, Gottman breaks down creating shared meaning into four pillars. And the first of those are rituals of connection. And Brett, you and I talk about this all the mm-hmm. time when we're talking with couples is there are everyday ways, there, there are special occasion ways too, but everyday ways that we connect, that we celebrate life. If you think back to your childhood, you know, what are some of the rituals that you remember? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to say, we we do this in our family of mm-hmm. four, our even though we're four. empty nesters yeah. now, but when the kids were here, mm-hmm. we would talk about the stories of our respective families of origin. Mm-hmm. And then we also cultivated those stories that our kids, now that they're grown adults, still tell. Yeah, exactly. So when, when we're remembering back to, you know, being a kid, special moments, it's probably things that were time-focused rather than money-focused. Um, and we also probably have favorite rituals that weren't even very significant. Maybe they were even just little mundane things, but they were moments that we connected, and so we remember them fondly. Mm. Um, when our kids were growing up, <laughs> I had this just kind of silly tradition that whenever their birthday would roll around, whether it was a school day or a weekend day, they were allowed to have a piece of their birthday cake for breakfast, And <laughs> which I didn't know how important that was to them until they got older, and they would tell me, like, even now if they're visiting for their birthday, they're like, okay, I get to piece of birthday cake for breakfast. For breakfast. <laughs> um, you know, I think about some friends of ours who are just wonderful, precious friends, and and the husband now has passed, sadly, but their story is that he brought her a cup of coffee every single morning mm. that they were married. Yeah, great um, Yeah, and just even things like, you know, our daughter, like if we ever stray from any kind of tradition on Thanksgiving, because that is her f- all-time favorite. It's got to be exactly the same as it was <laughs> exactly the year before the same and food. the year before that. <laughs> <laughs> and the year before that, you know, no deviance. <laughs> so, um, it you know, Gottman asks questions like, you know, culturally in our own family, in our marriage, how do we or should we eat together at dinner? You know, should we have the TV on? Should we have a set time for dinner? Should we all have to be at the table at the same time? You know, and these kind of have things. Have actual conversation. Yeah. How should we part at the beginning of the day? What should our reunions be like when we see each other at the end of the day? You know, Brett, I know we've said this on a podcast before, but marriage experts say that there are three moments in a married couple's day that we need to make sure we're counting those moments. And it's when you say goodbye in the morning, Mm -hmm. because typically most couples separate in the morning, and then when you say hello at the end of the day, right? and then when you go to sleep at night, when you say goodnight to each other. Yeah. And those don't sound all that significant, but they're very significant. They're mundane things, but they can absolutely be rituals of connection. Uh, What is the meaning of weekends? You know, is it a time to catch up or is it a time to relax and unwind? Or should it be a mix of both? You know, how do we prefer to get refreshed? and renewed. You know, these are, this is just a few of the questions that are in the book. 
book, but it's all really about creating that culture of what we want our lives to be like. Is it feeding your soul? Feeding your soul. <laughs> That's why one of my favorite phrases, yes. even though you think it's lame. I don't care. <laughs> the next pillar of shared meaning is our roles. And to some extent, our sense of our place in this world is based on the roles that we play. You know, we are spouses, we're children, we're maybe parents, workers, friends, neighbors, you know, from the standpoint um, of our marriage, our perspective on our own roles and our mates' roles can either add to the meaningfulness and the harmony between us, or it can create a lot of tension. It can get tricky because most of us serve in multiple roles. Exactly. We're, like you said, you can be a spouse, but you're also a parent and you're also a best friend. And how do those roles play out? How are they prioritized? That kind of thing. Think about how you would prioritize your roles in your life, maybe even listing them and your ranking them in your head from like one to five. Then ask yourself, am I really living out that prioritization? You know, we hear, Brett, a lot of people say that the most important person in the world to them is their spouse. And yet their behavior may not mm -hmm. show that. Their to-do list maybe doesn't show that. Mm -hmm. But we give a lot of lip service to that sometimes. But are we really living out what we say we prioritize? Kind of like that old saying that you can tell what a person's priorities are are by looking at their checkbook. Yeah, Although exactly. most people don't have checkbooks anymore. I know, but... but <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the third pillar is personal goals. And this is the third category that Gottman talks about. Now, some of your goals will be shared dreams as a couple. And some are going to be individual dreams because we are, you know, two separate people. The key here, I think, is to dialogue about them. And so you can encourage each other to reach those goals, whether they be personal individual goals or shared goals. So here's some questions to kind of get you started. Um, one is, what do you want to accomplish individually in the next five years? Just you as an individual. Yeah. Right. And, and what does your spouse want to accomplish individually? Mm -hmm. um, what do you want to accomplish together in the next five years? Because mm -hmm. those can be very different lists. Absolutely. What is one life dream that you want to fulfill before you die? You know, that bucket list conversation. Uh, what is something truly important to you that provides you with energy and pleasure that typically gets postponed or crowded out of your schedule? Mm -hmm. I think that's a great now, what question. Would that be? Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the drums. Is that? what you were yes, trying to hint at. Exactly. And then finally, what things would you need to put in place in order to carve out time for this thing that you never seem to have time for? So I think that's a great like date night conversation, mm -hmm. you know, that just those five questions. So it's back to that aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. But if you talk about these things, plan them out, there's a much higher chance that these things are going to be implemented. Excellent. And then the fourth and final, you know, category that he talks about under create shared meaning are symbols. Having shared meaning can show up in literal objects, such as maybe a cross that hangs in your home or family photos that are displayed on your shelves. Um, we certainly have all those things. We, we also have a lot of music in our house, not just music playing a lot of the time, but we have a room that's devoted to just nothing but music instruments because all four of us, and now five of us, because we have a son-in-law now, um, all of us are musicians. And so that's kind of a big centerpiece of our family. And, you know, it kind of 
it, it connects us, it gives us things to talk about, gives us things to enjoy together. Maybe in your house, it's books or crafts or hobbies or sports, you know. Um, but symbols don't have to be literal objects, you know, they can be uh, a family mission statement. Or they can be, you know, family stories that have something to do with the central theme of your family. I know in my family of origin, you know, laughter was a really high value. And so my parents were really great at telling just all kinds of crazy stories of their growing up years, you know, and because we love to laugh, we can still, we can share those stories a hundred times and Mm -hmm. it's still funny, you know. Um, A thousand times. A thousand times. (laughs) So some questions to consider here are, and this is one of my favorite questions. If a stranger were to walk through your house without you there, what symbols would he or she identify as things that represent you and your family? I just, I love that story. Like what would someone pick up on about us if we weren't here and they just walked through our house? Is there a generational family story that represents a symbol for you? Or if a close friend were to use one word to describe your marriage relationship, what do you think that one word would be? If they were to describe it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We were, Brett, you and I were in a conversation recently with someone, and he, the, the guy was so sweet. He said, you know, there are some couples that I just never think about them as individuals. I always think of them together. You know, mm-hmm. Brett and Kelly, it just goes together. Right. And that was so sweet to hear, you know. I thought that was accurate. Very sweet. Um, so, you know, we mentioned at the top of the episode that we have two stories and everything we've talked about today has to do with the stories we tell about our story. That's a lot of stories. It is a lot of stories, but I mean, this really is kind of the, the cornerstone of what your family culture is, Mm -hmm. are the stories that we tell ourselves about our stories. And in Gottman's research in other areas that I've read through the years, he talks about how when couples don't have a real positive outlook about their stories, Mm -hmm. um, they don't fare well typically in their marriage relationship. So what I don't think we're talking about here is creating an illusion, uh, a false narrative or a fluffy narrative of what your family's about, like maybe people can sometimes do on social media and Mm -hmm. other places. We're just talking about cultivating the story. Yeah. The the, the day-to-day story and then kind of the overarching arc of who you guys are that yeah. sometimes it just doesn't get talked about. Yeah. And I just, I, I think what I, how I interpret it is it's taking pride in whatever has happened in your mm-hmm. relationship or even just being thankful. Yeah. And like, you know, Gottman talks about, he's like the couples who don't gloss over their struggles mm-hmm. right? tend to do better now, right. but, but at the, at the end of the day, they're proud that they've struggled well. Right. You know, they might not have ever done everything perfect. You and I certainly have not done everything right. perfect, but we, we have a positive vibe about our story. Right. We don't settle for, we don't settle into the negative parts of that story. Yeah. You and I would have never signed up for the harder parts of our family's life. Mm-hmm. We would not have volunteered for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do so would have been crazy. Mm-hmm. But we are grateful to how God has moved us through those times and and what we have received through those times and how that's transformed us in so many ways. I mean, looking back, we are grateful for, yeah. for those hard times. Yeah. And I think as a couple, you and I 
somewhere along the way in the early years, and I don't know how we stumbled across this, but I think we both always wanted to be part of something bigger than just you and me mm-hmm. and and tied to something greater. Well, we definitely got that. We definitely did. And, but not every couple goes and starts a nonprofit, right. you know, to, um, but we always say healthy marriages are like cities on a hill. And so you never know mm-hmm. the, who you're influencing, your neighbors, right. your coworkers, your, your friend, your kids, friends. Right. Yeah, um, you absolutely don't have to be a high profile couple to influence no. a lot of people that look to you for influence. Yeah. And the culture of your relationship, that that shared meaning. I don't know. I just I think that's probably one of my favorites of all the seven principles. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's so ongoing and, mm-hmm. and it, it can be new every right. chapter, you Continues know. Continues to evolve and change and shift. Yeah. Well, we've knocked out all of the Gottman principles. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, so glad, glad we finally did this. We've we've received a lot of positive feedback on this series. We've heard from listeners and you guys keep it coming because we really Really do enjoy getting emails and um, and and hearing the seeing the reviews on iTunes. It really does encourage us. We just love it. You heard from Australia not too long yes. ago. Yes. So. so thank you, Julie and John Gottman, for the work you do for healthy relationships. I, I just I can't say enough about Gottman Research. I really really love it. Well, if you would like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. Also, we hope you'll follow Marriage to the Max on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or question you want us to discuss on the podcast, please send an email to thehursts at homeencouragement.org, and we will do our best to get it on the air. And we love the reviews on iTunes. We hope you'll rate the show and write a good review that just helps us to have more visibility and and, uh, get a little bit higher in visibility on searches and that sort of thing. So, um, and thank you once again to our engineer and audio magician, Grant Supak. We love you, Grant. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.